on the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line. Right now, we've got Jay Clark, the Associate District Administrator for the School District of Holman, who joins us for a little while this afternoon. We want to talk about uh, an upcoming referendum in, well, the referendum will be on the ballot uh, in November for those uh, uh, people who are uh, voting in Holman. Now, there are a number of referend- school referendums around the state of Wisconsin uh, in November, and, and Holman is uh, actually, uh, you guys have uh, one of the dollar-wise, one of the larger ones, not the largest one, but one of the larger ones. Uh, Jay, what has been, first of all, uh, you know, I, I know this is a, a process where you have come to this plan, but but driven by the incredible surge of population that continues in the school district of Holman. Is that correct? Well, the population in the last five years has been stably growing at about half a percent, different uh, growth rates in each year. Uh, But that's far below what our historical trends were. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been here since 1991, and there was a period of time where we were growing at 2% per year. But uh, enrollment growth is still a part of the reason why we're presenting the referendum question. All right. So you, in other words, this is a space issue in some ways. Uh, Correct. Uh, A space issue that's really the result of uh, some large classes that we have right now in some of our late elementary and middle school grades. So 310 students uh, in sixth grade, for example, compared to an 11th grade class that has 263 students. So Hmm. as those 11th graders leave and those sixth graders come to the high school, uh, we'll have some enrollment-driven space needs. All right. You're you're looking ahead, in other words, with this this particular referendum. Uh, That's our MO here in Holman. Uh, It wasn't too many years ago that we passed a referendum to um, do some work at the middle school, and it was anticipation of the same, I'll say, bubble of students going through that um, we did the work there, and now has come the time for us to address the similar need at the high school. When you say bubble of students, did that suggests that this perhaps is something that passes, that this is a, 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 uh, a, cur- a, um, a uh, well, a bubble, I guess, in, in student population yeah. that, that, that uh, evens out over time. Yeah, it, it, uh, we hope that it does, mm. um, although we're always prepared for enrollment increase. Uh, we have a long-range plan that allows us to address needs um, if these types of numbers uh, perpetuate rather than actually show up as a bubble. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the the bubble of students coming through is only uh, part of the issue that we face. Uh, At our high school, we've uh, expanded some of the academic program offerings we have for students, and we've found that our students are very engaged in the uh, after-school extracurricular programs that we have. And uh, it's the diversity of programs we offer, um, the high participation rates of students, as well as this bubble that all collide together uh, to create a bit of the perfect storm, or we need to do some things with our facilities. Why is it important to uh, accommodate students and their desires to be part of those extracurricular activities? Um, I'm a parent of four children who attended uh, Holman High School, and I can think of no better thing for them to be doing after school hours than be engaged with trained adults, um, learning lessons, valuable lessons in character development, um, the alternative is to um, have them engaged in maybe less productive activities after school. Mm-hmm. What kind of things are their, uh, are their interests leading them to at this point? Um, we've uh, got a diverse set of uh, after-school uh, programs, um, some programs that we haven't had historically. Um, 
And as I said, it's the high participation rates in these programs. So even some of the programs that we've had historically, such as a, a wrestling program or a gymnastics program, um, we find a um, large number of students wanting to engage in those activities. I think it speaks to the quality of the, the staff that we have and um, coaching and advising those programs. So we have, a, a again, a, a bit of a population bubble, a desire of kids to be involved in extracurricular activities and uh, more kids getting involved in some various academic programs. Uh, all this uh, turns into a, a, a renovation and building plan that's, that's worth uh, half, up to $23.5 million, which is sizable. What are the, what are the difficulties in in discussing this in the public and trying to un- get people to understand why there might be a need in the Holman School District for this? What are the, some of the challenges? And the biggest challenge is the people um, who don't live there every day. Um, we've tried to overcome that by um, producing a real-life uh, video of uh, what happens, for example, in the um, kitchen serving area or the cafeteria um, area uh, three times a day every day that school is uh, operated uh, to give people a, a first-hand look at just what the crowded conditions are there. Um, so th- one of the biggest challenges is uh, making this relatable to people who don't um, live in the school each day. Is this an easier argument because you have more um, you have more uh, families who are perhaps like you, who are uh, who have students who have recently been uh, students of the Holman School District, or are students in the Holman School District right now. Generally speaking, I think that we, I think we look at Holman as having a younger population overall. Um, that could be true. I'm not sure of the exact de- uh, age demographic of our our community, um, but this is a community school, um, not just about um, those who are currently or recently attending or those who will attend in uh, the near future. I guess our belief is that um, public education systems uh, improve society as a whole and uh, are not just about what's going on inside the school buildings today, um, but the impact it will have on local and state and national economy in the long run. Jay Clark is the Associate District Administrator for the School District of Holman. Jay, I'm wondering, uh, now the, the, the high school was built, what, 25 years ago, right? Something like that? Is that right? Yeah, 1994. Okay, there yeah. we go. So, it, um, it, and I've, I've been in the, the school a number of times, and it's, it looks, it's, it's great. It's a great space. Uh, you know, it, it is, I think, in, in the terms of all high schools in the state of Wisconsin, probably in the top 25% in terms of age? I don't know. Maybe not, but it, it's, it seems like a really good-looking high school, and it, it is 25 years old, but it, it's wearing well. Um, is it, is, does that in some way make it more difficult to, to uh, you know, you're, you're doing a, a good job in maintenance and, and maintaining that, that school, that relatively new school, is it more difficult to uh, make a case for this referendum because of that? People jokingly refer to it as the new high school, and I don't know after 25 <laughs> years if we can continue to call it the new high school, but quite to the contrary, I think that the um, pride that we um, take in our facilities and the commitment we make to uh, keeping them um, in good shape uh, serves as uh, nothing but a testimony that uh, we make good use of the money that the public provides and uh, will do so if the community is generous enough to uh, approve these facilities as well. Uh, but that leads into the second referendum question very neatly because uh, this is not just about the 
facility remodel in addition, question one. But there's a second question, too, and our school board believes that uh, we should be continuing to properly maintain. And so the second question asks for the operational dollars and long-term maintenance dollars to keep our facilities up to the expectations of the community. Jay, uh, you talk about the community, and, and honestly, they're, they're, the Holman uh, voters have been more than willing. I don't know what your string of success is, but you guys have been killing it in terms of your school district, in terms of getting yes votes from the community. It's been pretty impressive. What do you attribute that to? Listening, uh, listening to our community, um, making sure we understand their needs, uh, the level of quality that they expect from us, um, and a long-range financial plan, a financial plan that allows us to deliver this referendum and many of the recent referenda with uh, no net increase to the tax rate. I think that people appreciate and um, value uh, the work that we do in that regard, and uh, that um, is part and parcel to their support. Well, in relation to that, then, in terms of the tax rate, what does this... uh, Let's talk about question one. It's $23.5 million. There's renovation and and expansion of a a number of different facilities. Uh, You know, it's like $15,000 for a... um, uh, Fine arts uh, edition, I believe, um, a number of different expansions and, and, and renovations. But uh, what does that do for uh, for a taxpayer in the in the village uh, or in the school district of Holman? It has no tax impact. It's free. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> tell me why. Tell me why it has no tax impact. Yeah, yeah um, as a part of the, 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 our school board demonstrates great fiscal discipline and planning and doing these types of things. Uh, these needs actually existed in 2012 and were formally identified at that point in time. But our board demonstrated restraint in waiting until this point in time to present this referendum so that they could do it with no tax increase. The reason for that is we have some prior referenda questions dealing with safety and security. Those needed to be addressed. They advanced those and had those approved, but the tax implication of those is now ending, as is the tax implication of construction of schools such as Prairie View Elementary School. And as those expire, it creates an opportunity to introduce these projects and the tax implication without increasing taxes uh, in the school district of Holman. If this so was that's all part of the master plan and just waiting until the. Uh, time is right. We at home, too, have needs and would like to do things, but we don't have the money right now, so you wait. Right, and, and plan, plan ahead. Associate District uh, um, Administrator for the School District of Holman, Jay Clark, is on the on the line with us. We're talking about the School District of Holman's uh, referendum that will be on the ballot in November. It's a two, two-question referendum. Uh, it's $23.5 million up to that for expansion and remodeling plans for the for the high school and and then another question that uh, uh, provides uh, uh, funding for to, to provide adequate maintenance for all of that um I, I jay i'm i'm wondering what would be the now there's so you're replacing basically debt that is that is ex, it retiring but if if that debt was allowed to retire and and voters did not approve this referendum how much would they say? How much would the median house uh, save? Uh, I guess in in terms of property taxes for the school district, the school district of La Crosse, school district of Holman. I'm sorry, it's a different school district. It's a <laughs> way bigger high school. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, school district of Holman. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah how much How much would that How much would that median household owner save? Well, 
That's difficult to answer because um, our school board has an ongoing practice of um, ensuring a levy, a level tax rate. Mm. I, I, I believe that if the referendum didn't pass, what the school district uh, school board would do in line with that goal would be to actually accelerate payment on the existing outstanding debt. Okay. And that means they'd maintain the tax rate um, at the level it is uh, right now. And instead of addressing these needs that we have, they'd simply pay down that debt uh, sooner. Okay. Um, so, so it would not necessarily result in an immediate reduction, but it would result in the uh, earlier retirement, kind of paying off your mortgage um, a little bit sooner. I got you. Uh, is what they would probably do. Uh, now, I, I don't know that it would, uh, I can't commit the board to what action they would take should it not pass. Um, so it's difficult for me to answer that for you. I can't wait to go to the school board and tell them that Jay said what you have to do if this doesn't pass. Is, that's going to be a great conversation. Jay, as you, uh, as you know, the, um, uh, the, uh, the Holman Vikings uh, football team infamously runs the triple option uh, and has for the last 78 years. Um, <laughs> if, would, you, would you commit um, the, the Holman Vikings football team to running a spread offense if voters agree to approve this referendum? I would not get involved in telling that football coach how to run his business. Great <laughs> job, and I, I want him to keep doing more of what he's doing. Yeah. So All right. Well, so it has going been back to the single wing, or the, uh, uh, we're going to stay. There's, there's. I think there may be some clamoring for some a little bit more like flash and dash out there, despite the level of uh, of uh, success that the Holman Vikings have had. So I just I'm throwing it out there just as an option in case anybody wants to go for that. Uh, I'll pass that along. Okay. <laughs> You can make this part of your brochure, actually, just as an addendum on the end. Uh, and when it, should this be approved? When will the construction start, Jay? Um, we'd be looking to um, complete design, development, and construction documents bidding uh, yet by this next summer and start the site and construction work in August. Mm. Uh, they'd start with the uh, additions that we would propose, about 71,000 square feet, and then... Um, after that's completed, we would start with the uh, remodeling of existing spaces probably in late May of 2020, okay. um, with the earliest completion probably being in December of 2020. All right. Do you foresee at any time there you having an excess of space? Is that something, when you talk about long-range planning, because clearly you guys do that, is there is there a time that you can point to that says, you know what, I bet we max out right about here? Um, our long-range plan that we have now accommodates over 500 students uh, per grade level. And as wow. I mentioned right now, our peaks are at about 310. Yeah. As we visit with, um, for example, the village of Holman and talk to them about their long-range plan, uh, they have a hard time envisioning us being over that uh, 500 student uh, per grade level uh, number. What we, with our long-range plan, we're really able to introduce incremental growth. Mm-hmm. Um, which we think uh, demonstrates, again, that stewardship that our community looks for because you would not want to uh, build and then have to uh, maintain and operate uh, space that you don't really need. Hmm. So uh, we're very careful and purposeful in um, when we and how much we build. All right. 
Uh, Jay Clark is the Associate District Administrator for the School District of Holman, and the school district with a couple of uh, two two uh, referendum. Well, I guess it's two referendums, right? Two two questions. How does that work? Is it? It's not. It's two different questions, right? Two different votes. Two separate questions okay. on the ballot. Okay. Uh, asking for a yes or no vote on each. All right. Fair enough. If they want more information, uh, you can go to the school district. You actually have a, a pretty. Uh, Pretty informative uh, site that details all of the uh, all of the information, except for that one part about the triple option and the football team, yeah, which I would recommend you add. But uh, but everything else is there. Jay, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Glad to be. All right, Jay Clark, and I appreciate the uh, uh, the time with uh, with Jay. Uh, again, the uh, the Holman District website is uh, pretty informative. If you'd like to go there and uh, check that out and find out more about that district referendum, we'll have conversations in relation to uh, the Alaska School District referendum coming up as well. Not today, but sometime in the future. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. More to come. Stick around. The Crosstalk PM and WYZM, I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. Uh, again, also on Facebook and Twitter, you can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. This hour brought to you by Habitat for Humanity, but the better the better hearing center talk at text line is 608-785-7914. Jay Clark joining us for a little while this afternoon. Jay Clark is the Associate District Administrator for the School District of Holman, I mistakenly called that the school district of lacrosse at some point during the conversation. I feel like he was highly offended by that. I'm surprised he didn't hang up on us right there. And uh, then, um, I don't know how much of a faux pas that is, uh, Rick, when you identify a school district by its wrong name. Is that, there's just, is that... At least you didn't say, like, uh, Cochrane Fountain City or something, right? Like, yeah. Like maybe, uh, Although that would not be, would that be as bad? Because basically the implication is that, well, there's lacrosse and then there's everybody else. There's everybody else. Yeah, there's all those other places. Well, now, uh, yeah. I don't know. Now yeah. you're, they're not even Cochrane Fountain City. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He kind of, he kind of bristled a little bit. I feel like he was. Nothing against Cochrane Fountain City. No, that's a great place, whatever that is. <laughs> it's two places. Oh, right. No. Yeah. That. There's not just one place. It's two places. They all get together. Uh, that's somewhere. Where is that? That's north of here, right? Just like up the river from Winona. I was in Fountain City just the other night. I was in Fountain City for Saturday mm-hmm. for an art opening at a uh, at a gallery there, and that's a pretty cool place. I haven't been there for a while, actually. Well, you just said you were just there. <laughs> no, I know that was the first time they've they been there like, for a while. They have a couple of cool bars, and then yeah, they have right? like a theater, and then they probably this art gallery. So I feel like I gallery. feel like there's a fair amount of groovy people hanging out in Fountain City. Yeah. Like they're just hanging out, and they're just yeah. They have chilling. like a, a theater. They do shows. I know a couple yeah. of people that are in the theater there. So yeah, like it's an artsy fartsy little community. It looks pretty cool. I'd hang out there. I'd hang out in Fountain City. That's one of those places where you, it probably hops during the summertime. You're like kicking it during the summertime. And then in the wintertime, everybody just drinks. Holman should be so lucky that we can use them with Fountain right? City. With Fountain City. Um, there, so I, I would imagine that Fountain City is, it loses all productivity in the wintertime and everybody just goes to the bar. Everyone's snowmobiles to the bar. <laughs> snowmobiles to the bar. Yeah, that's probably it. Like that's back probably and it. forth from there to Alma. Like, can you snowmobile on the Mississippi River? Probably not. Yeah, like, sure. Can you? you I mean, if you want to. On the edge? Yeah, somewhere. I don't know. People do. People do. I feel like there's snowmobile trails every year. I don't think you should. You should not do that in the main channel. But if you do, eh, you know, it's up to you. Go for it. 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air. 785-78. We got Eric? All right, let's go to Eric then. Eric, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Sorry to show today about these little orange beasts that come around every year. They have tails also. Is there an old set? You look at them. 
and they also bite. But anyway, the reason for their they do. They is either global warming or indigenous people say, you liberals can all take your pick. Which is one you pick is going to be correct. Now, regarding these school districts, the, the whole life, the, their only existence is for taking the public dollars, whether they can afford it or not. They'll give you more excuses to do this, do that, do this, do that. And they build schools that they don't need because un, unseen children, like they did up in Sparta up here, Dr. Van Duren said, we have to stop digging around and get this through. After they sent out two referendums and they turned them back, nope, nope, we don't want them. So once they're 20 and a half million, the other is 4 million. Overwhelmingly, 4 million went back, pass, pass. But no, no, that's not good of them. So they have to uh, reformulate uh, re- their thing. The fire that goes around says, we must need this. And that passed by 75 votes. $32.5 million. Now they can't find the people to fill the school. And now they're thinking about the future, about expansion after that. And then they got, they're talking about, they have to have fundraising spot here for their music department because the Susan phone costs 10000 to $30,000. Oh. Okay. Is there more? No, that's about it. Okay. All they, do, all they want is money, and they can do Explain, explain away, and if they, any way they want to, they don't care as long as they take money out of your pocket, whether you can afford it or not. Right. Thanks. Eric, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. A sousaphone cost 10000 to $30,000? So orange beetles, Asian beetles have tails, and they bite. They do bite. Um, it's more like they're, uh, it's, I don't, it's not like big, they're pinching. They're pinching. They're not biting. They're actually pinching, and they're... What do they do? Are they just trying to hold on? No, no, they're like digging for something in your skin. Are they trying to bore into your skin to lay eggs underneath oh, your good. skin? Something like that. No, it's not that at all. But they do They do pinch you. They don't They don't actually bite. But and they, they, they stink they when you. you squish them. They do. And they just kind of stink in general. Yeah. If they get on you. Well, like, I don't, and they're, yeah, they're, they're vaguely uncomfortable, actually, when they land on you. So there's something there. And but, it's kind of weird, like, once it gets really cold out, how they, like, bundle up in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Yeah, I don't know. They're probably bizarre. really mad they're not in Asia. I think that they wished that they weren't here. I think that that's probably fair, a fair assessment. I don't um I don't know why they just won't die. It just seems like they we they should just at least for die. at least beyond the scope that they're kind of annoying and stinky and yeah. bite you and apparently want to reproduce inside your skin. <laughs> skin, your skin. They don't really pose a threat to anything. No, like if they no, were just fine. in your house or in your house yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they don't do really anything. They just like I don't know. They just reproduce, and I don't know. They need we need we need like a what like eats, if they carry disease like a you know like mosquitoes. We, we carry don't some disease. know. We don't know that they don't. <laughs> well, we don't. I'm this maybe they don't. there may be some disease that we haven't identified yet. That is, so they're digging around in your skin. They're pinching your skin, and they're trying to you know dig in in a place to lay their eggs under your skin, and then there's some sort of disease there. I feel like they're not trying to lay eggs. They're not. I just made that up. Yeah, that's not true at all. Yeah. Uh, so Eric, uh, his uh, he lives in Sparta, and the Sparta school district passed a referendum. I think it was last year, right? Thirty three million dollars, thirty two and a half million dollars for a new elementary school, and then some other stuff. I think I don't know. They must have got a helicopter or something out of the deal. At any rate, uh, Holman the school district, uh, the high school. They're looking at some improvements there. Twenty three and a half million dollars up to that. That will be in front of voters at the polls in November. Alaska is going to 
the uh, polls for a referendum. West Salem is going to the polls for a referendum. That's pretty much it locally. Westby, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, maybe. I don't know. Not Westby, I don't think. I'd have to look at my list. At any rate, you know, this, this never happened before the changes in the state funding for school districts back in the day that you just... You, know, you just built schools and taxed people accordingly, and now that's now no longer the case. Now that it has to be referendums, and we've probably gotten used to it by now. Every couple of years, a school district comes and asks for more money, and you have to go to the polls to vote on whether you want to fund the schools more. Uh, I think that it it goes without saying that school districts now. Uh, Jay Clark, who we talked to, who is the associate district administrator in the school district of Holman, uh, he was not uh, did not necessarily agree with my evaluation of the demographics in the village of Holman and how that may, or the school district of Holman and how that may change the voting outcome. But I, it, it is, you know, the, the, the voting, the, the demographic in the, in the city of La Crosse is, is older and it's a little bit, it's younger in Alaska and very young in the village of Holman. There's just way more young families families with children, that type of thing, that does tend to skew, if you well, not skew, but it does tend to favor uh, those measures like this particular one that puts millions of dollars into the school district for improvements for like the choir, you know, the fine arts center and the choir room and the gymnasium and all these other things. Uh, And there's, this would be, I tell you what, this would be an impossible sell. In, in, in the school district of La Crosse. This would be an impossible sell. It would be impossible to say we want $24.5 million to make the choir room bigger. We want we want twenty-four uh, we want twenty-three and a half million dollars. What did I say? Twenty-four and a half? Twenty-three and a half. We want twenty-three and a half million dollars to make the choir room bigger and to uh add some uh add some closets to the uh for the music department, right? We're looking for uh, to to add a little uh, a little bit onto the physical conditioning center, in in the school district district of the cross that goes down in flames. Nobody's voting for that. I bet this passes. I bet this passes in Holman. I could remodel some restrooms, add something to you know add some space to the kitchen, remodel the cafeteria. You bet, absolutely. In some school districts, this would never pass ever. You know maybe maybe fix the science labs. It really d- does depend on the demographic. I bet this passes in the villa, in the in the school district of Holman. 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. We'll go to Travis. Travis, thanks for waiting. Hi, go Mitch. ahead, Hi. Hi, Mitch. Hip. Um <clears throat> I've worked in the area here in uh commercial facilities management for uh almost pushing on twenty five years and um <clears throat> and specifically in the lacrosse area. I also sat on the facilities committee for the school district of Holman for a number of years. And um, all I can say is I know uh, their maintenance uh, uh, head there, John Daly and Jay Clark, and they have been nothing but diligent stewards of the money they've been given. Um, They shoestring that place along on their maintenance budget. And uh, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they keep it looking so nice when, there's a lot of uh, capital equipment like air handling equipment, things like mm-hmm. that that need mm-hmm. to be replaced, yeah. gym floors, that kind of thing. Um, and for every dollar that you don't spend on maintenance, you spend $4 in repair later mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's been a true rule of thumb for the 25 years I've been doing this. Um, 
if <clears throat> if they're telling the people they need the money, um, they they probably actually need more, to be honest with you. But they're probably doing what they can to get by with what they need to. Uh, your previous caller, Eric, I think you called him. Yep. Yep. The guy doesn't have a clue as to what he's talking about. I don't know what they do in Sparta, but I, in Holman, they watch their dimes very closely. And uh, uh, if they're asking for the money, they need it. That's why it would pass here. Okay. They don't they don't fool around with the taxpayer. But um, and I've seen that uh, from firsthand experience looking at this issue for over six years with uh, with these people. Um, they they really went into depth and detail and did their research and tried to get the best pricing and things like that. They tried to forecast population growth. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really on top of it. Jay and, and John Daly and even the superintendent, I mean, they all done a really good job. Um, and I'm proud to say I'm from home. And, uh, I've sent four kids to the school district. Um, it's a good school, good, good teachers, and... Um, They've done a phenomenal job. That's really about all I got to say. All right. Well, and and Jay talked about the the level of planning that that they that have that has been underway, and he's been there now for he said since ninety one, which is a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they go to the nth degree. Yeah. They and, do. They and, really do. And that seems like that the, that's the essential part is the the planning aspect. You have to be. You have to look forward. Have plans for the future. Understand how you're going to fulfill the needs in the future and then make appropriate plans and not react, but, but be proactive in, in what you're doing. ahead. Right. Of and they've been able to mold their plans. They've been that good with their long range planning. You know, not every plan goes exactly how you think it will, but they've been so good at it that they haven't had to alter their plans much over mm-hmm. the years to, mm-hmm. you know, make it fit. And, uh, I, they've done an excellent job. I can't say enough about them. All right. Uh, they really done an excellent job. So, so do you do you live in the school district now? I do. Yes. Okay. All right, and you're voting. And for I, I go over there. I go over there for events, and the place is kept up really well. It um, it, it, it isn't. Yeah, it is a lot to be proud of. That high school is a nice facility. There's no question. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Travis, appreciate the call. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Uh, that's a yep. yes vote uh, for that uh, for that uh, school referendum. Uh, no question. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. You know these in. I think you can make better arguments for some referendums than for others. And, uh, you know, there is, without a doubt, the rare, do you have a conversation with someone in a school district that has that is offering a referendum up to voters where they don't say, we absolutely got to have this, this is something that's, you know, it was way overdue, and we're, we're, we need to take care of this business, or we, this is our master plan, or we got this population bubble, or some kind of need is absolutely there. And it really, I do believe that the presentation is key, but the the audience is also how receptive is your audience? It's important. And how advanced is your planning so that people recognize that, understand that you put in your homework, that you've done the work that's needed to to determine that this is the best course of action for the school district, that we're going to spend millions of dollars, but we've... We've been working on this plan for a long time. You got to have that. You got to have a receptive audience. You got to have voters that are willing to agree to this. And uh, you know, it, do- it doesn't hurt. Now, I I did ask Jay uh, Jay Clark again, the associate district administrator for the school district of Holman. Uh, he said, "Look, there's not going to be any tax hit on this thing. Twenty three and a half million dollars plus this other referendum. Not going to be a tax hit on this thing because we're retiring some debt." So 
Of course, the question is, well, then if you don't vote for it, how much of your tax is going to decrease? And what his response was, well, they probably won't, because what will likely happen is this, and we don't have a commitment here, but what will likely happen is the school board will just retire other debt faster, so your taxes won't actually decrease, which is an interesting response to that question, uh, but it does it does indicate that the key selling point of this particular referendum is ain't going to raise your taxes. If you vote no, ain't going to lower them either. Lacrosse Talk, PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. More to come. Stick around. New Marquette University Law School out poll out today. Give you the insight on that. Coming up here on Lacrosse Talk, PM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Uh, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line is 608-785-7914. Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Call in or text in. Either way, you get in on the program. 608-785-7914. Uh, New Marquette University Law School poll out today. Among the things that is in that poll is that uh, uh, Governor Walker and Tony Evers are once again considered to be in a, well, it's been sort of this way all the way through, but in a dead heat. This thing is as as even as it gets. This is as purple of a state as you are going to find. Really. What's surprising about this is that generally economic indicators show the state of Wisconsin is doing well, just like the rest of the nation. Economic indicators say that, but how does that, what does that look like to to just regular folk, to you, me, and everyone we know? But in a in an environment where, again, the economic indicators are pointing to an economy that is doing well, that the state is doing well, it's hard to believe that Governor Walker, heading for a third term, would find it kind of a rough going. It would seem like this would be an easy, almost the easiest win for him at this point. And uh, a little bit, I'm a little bit surprised that this is where it's at. And I, I don't know if that's just, is that uh, simply that people are tired of Scott Walker? and Or is it, you know, again, we're talking about polling. We're not talking about voting. We're talking about polling. We're talking about opinions well ahead of November's vote still. So they are, may or may not be in perfectly accurate, but it's pretty clear that this is a, this is a toss-up at this point. We'll see how that goes. Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. More to come. Hey, Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. The number here is 608-785-7914. The Better Hearing Center Talk text line. You can use that to call in or text in and get in on the program. Again, 608-785-7914. We're also on Facebook or Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. Marquette University Law School poll, the latest... Uh, I don't know if this is the last one before the election. Maybe not. I'm not really sure, actually. Now I think about it. No, there might be one more. Among the findings is that the race between uh, four governors in the state of Wisconsin, between Governor Walker and Tony Evers, is uh, even, just as it pretty much has been. Some slight adjustments here and there, but nothing has changed significantly. But there's some other stuff in there as well that I found somewhat fascinating. We'll get to that. 608-785-794. Also, Tammy Baldwin... The Senator Tammy Baldwin authored a piece of legislation which was the stated intent was to uh, end uh, the uh, short-term low-cost insurance uh, plans that uh, exist somewhere outside of, of the Affordable Care Act. I'm not entirely sure how. Close vote in Washington today. 
I'll tell you about that. That's coming up. And something to look forward to. I mean, for somebody, I'm not exactly sure who, but uh, some unforeseen circumstances have me in here this mor- tomorrow morning for my case. So I'll be here tomorrow morning, assuming that I make it. And um, I, yeah, so look, set your clocks, I guess. It's really my only message there. Woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. We've got uh, we've got some cooler temps, much cooler temps on the way tonight, all the way down to thirty eight degrees for a low, forty two only for a high tomorrow. Looking at some frost perhaps on Friday morning with a high of forty three, and then really that it's, it continues there for a couple days. Um, it is, however, sixty six degrees right now. So if you are have not ridden your motorcycle today, I recommend that you get it out and do a little riding because it's going to be. A little bit more chilly in the coming days. 608-785-7914. More to come. Stick around. Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. Again, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line is 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, that's that's what you use. You just use that, that Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Um, as I mentioned before with the Marquette University Law School poll uh, just out, we have a new look at uh, some of the things that are uh, shaping, some of the opinions that are shaping the uh, races moving forward. Uh, as I mentioned before, Governor Walker and Tony Evers uh, re- continue in a dead heat in that particular race. Um, there is also uh, Tammy Baldwin continues to um, be ahead of of, of uh, Leah Vukmir in that particular Senate race. We have... Um, a number of issues that uh, you know that look like they're going to have some impact on, you know, depending on how are they're addressed by candidates, they could have some impact on on voter turnout. Um, and you know that, it, but the the thing that you'll take out of this more than anything else is that every issue, virtually every issue, there is a a significant a significant partisan divide on all of these issues. I mean, like we can't get together on anything. There's no question. We're just not, 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 um, not together on anything. I mean, there are some, there are some things that are closer than others, you know, but, uh, so for instance, uh, the Affordable Care Act, when you divide people up into Republican, Republican folks and Democratic folks, it is, it's absolutely striking how much the belief in keeping the Affordable Care Act depends on your party affiliation. All right, 608-785-7914. We've got uh, uh, Joe on, and we were talking about Asian lady beetles earlier, and he's got something to say about that. Let's go to the phones. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. I think we finally got the cure. Okay. So try talking politics to him. Okay. That seems to drive that seems to drive away everything else. So Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe we could try that this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no on, on a serious note, though, earlier we were talking about school districts. Isn't this just kind of a product of Walker now? I mean, you cap everything, you don't allow anything, and you you make everything go to a referendum. So now you leave the school bagging everybody, and he caps it all off and takes all the money and gives it to Foxconn. <laughs> so I, I don't I, know. I, I mean, isn't that really where go, we're at? It, go, it goes back. It, yeah. Now they're begging for every dollar they can for every school district in the mm-hmm. state and it's like yeah we really we really did a lot with all that money that he tied up you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i could be wrong 20 years from now foxconn could turn out to be the big deal but 
you know, people aren't going to be driving anywhere to get new phones and new screens for things if they can't, uh, if there's no roads to get them there. I suppose. I don't, I don't know. At this point, there's some, uh, there definitely is some, uh, there's some who are looking at the current plans for what Foxconn is building in Racine County and scratching their heads because it doesn't look anything like what they promised. I can tell you that. Well, my question is, is, okay, really, though, let's just put all this crap aside. Mm-hmm. He tied up every dollar that America or that Wisconsin has, whether it's for schools or roads or whatever. He's got it all tied up in this deal. So how long until we actually see dollars to start paying for our schools and roads again, or is everything now just switched over to a 10-year borrowing cycle? You know, and we're already last at creating jobs. I just creating businesses i just don't understand not that i'm saying you know vote for tony evers and get rid of walker because we're so tied up in this foxconn mess i just don't understand how people let it get to this point Mm. i didn't vote for the guy at all sure okay so i i I just don't i mean people have to see that's what's going on every dollar that we have we're not going to fix our roads and we're not going to support our schools all right, so your your biggest issue is just with this particular Foxconn deal or in general the supporting of corporations through tax credits in a similar way? Because obviously Foxconn's the biggest example, but far from the only one. Well, I agree on deal-making. I okay. just think, you know, he should have really, really, really looked at this and instead of just taking it and running it, you know, being like, oh, Trump's going to love me, Trump's going to love me. He should have really did something for Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Like, you already lost your presidential bid, so don't worry about the national stage. You know, hold this Foxconn guy over a barrel and be like, I know you want our fresh water. You're going to fix our roads for it. But if this... You're going to fund our schools for it. Right, but if this leads... But if this leads... If this leads to significant economic growth in the state of Wisconsin, does it not simply do those things? (laughs) Well, well, we got a 20-year if on that, don't we? A 15-year if? It's like, give me all your money now. Don't worry about your roads or your schools. You know, just turn that over to taxpayers, and the, and the little people will make up all that. You know, don't worry about any state funding from that. I got all your money right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. In 10 years, you might start to see some money back. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, let's borrow everything. So well, that's, that's the huge problem with America right now. Yeah. That's what's been our problem for 30 years. We've got to turn it around. All right, so and if, if, if a person's coming over to say, I need millions of gallons of your fresh water a day, well, then guess what, buddy? I, I don't think it's that bad for me to say, why don't you pay to pave our roads in the state then? All right. I, I, again, the argument is that through economic prosperity, if you will, that thing that's something that is going to happen organically because you're going to have more taxable income and therefore more revenue to help fix the roads. Well, I get that, but that's the card that they all play for everything that they want to take our tax money for. Right, okay. Don't worry. Later on, you'll get all of it back plus utopia. <laughs> all that plus utopia. That's a, that's a bonus. I appreciate the call, Joe. Thanks so much. Uh, Tom's got some comments on Foxconn. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Jerome. Well, you, 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 you did a great job there, uh, and I think this fellow is somewhat sincere the problem is is that uh, he said that uh, all our tax money is going to Foxconn. That is not the case. Uh, Foxconn is getting a little tax money, but basically the tax breaks that Foxconn is getting are, are revenue that the state of Wisconsin would not get 
if Pakistan doesn't come in, and they will create a huge amount of jobs, and the people that have those jobs will stimulate the economy and pay a lot in taxes, and that's the difference there. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> they continue to say that uh, that Foxconn is getting huge tax breaks. Well, they're not going to pay taxes where any other industry would be, but they are not going to get a cash handout from the taxpayers. And so this is the game that states play now uh, to attract business. So I, I, I basically, I think and I hope it works out, but it's not like we're giving them cash. Tom, and I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. 608-785-7914. Uh, listener says, we're seeing water utilities providing the water, and they have sufficient capacity to provide water and waste treatment. Foxconn has not one dime of their own money back. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, again, and Foxconn, by the way, is something else that's asked about in this Marquette University Law School poll that's out uh, today. Foxconn and healthcare, uh, also one of those issues that are big in that uh, in that poll. And there are, as you can well envision, certain divides on that. One of the things that I don't get about the healthcare, that the ongoing debate over healthcare, and there was some debate on uh, Capitol Hill today as the Senate voted on a resolution, Tammy Baldwin's resolution, to... I'm not exactly sure what it would effectively do, but the intent was... Well, the intent was just to vote on on something prior to the elections, so kind of like a trap vote. But the stated intent had something to do with getting rid of these uh, uh, low-cost, short-term health insurance plans, which, like I said, somehow exist outside outside of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, but uh, but healthcare continues to be one of those. It's just an unending issue, primarily because of the Affordable Care Act. It's just it's it it's it's evil to some, and a step in a in a you know in a in a more positive direction for others. And there's not really a, a ton of middle ground there. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If you'd like to join us here on the air, seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. Eric is on. Eric, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Did Foxconn get three billion dollars or thirteen billion dollars? Uh, neither, I guess. Yeah, not not either, really. How much did Wisconsin front them to start out with for that? I, I don't know Foxconn. if there's any. I don't know what the. I don't know if there's any fronting going on. Anyway, uh, anyway, if it's like, yeah. if it was Tax three credits. billion dollars, as as three thousand one million dollar bills. Regardless, what you say, you're talking billions. You're talking a lot of money. But the thing is, yep. I kind of yep. agree that if they can't, if it doesn't pay off for Wisconsin, then it's a bad, bad deal. And I blame Walker as far as a day goes. But I will say this. I do understand that there was a, there was a, uh, a condition that, depending on how many people hired, they would be deducted that amount of money in the long run. In other words, in other words they don't, if they don't put up, they, then they lose. And I also, okay, that's one thing. But I also heard, read things about Foxconn. But they're known for welching on people, too. I've heard that. I've read it somewhere. I can't say, I can't vouch for it, but I know I've read it somewhere. But if Wisconsin stands by and says, if you don't put up, then you're getting, you're getting cut back on the money you're getting from us. That's what I wanted to say. All right. Well, Eric, appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Um, 608-785-794, LaCrosse Talk PM. Uh, that's the Better Hearing Center talking text line, 608-785-7914. We're not, we're, we're really, everybody's guessing on Foxconn until something happens, right? So they're, they're digging, they're building, they're investing in Racine, and they're uh, 
you know, bought a building in Milwaukee and they got some place going up in Eau Claire and they got some place going up in Green Bay. Uh, who who knows how big it will get or what it will turn into. And really, everybody's just guessing at this point. Using it for political fodder, because if you are, if you want to paint the uh, Governor Walker as a bad steward of the nation or the state's economy and tax dollars, then you uh, point to Foxconn as a prime example of how he screwed everything up. And if you are an advocate for how Governor Walker has uh, picked winners, more or less, in terms of a uh, business, um, then you point to um, uh, then you point to uh, Foxconn as a um, and I was uh, as a reason to uh, to support Governor Walker. So it's really just it's all it's all political gamesmanship right now. Those uh, those hearings, and I don't know if there's another one going on here soon, but there were some hearings earlier. This was it this month, last month. I can't remember when it was now. Uh, hearings in relation to Foxconn that were being held by some lawmakers, uh, hosted by Jennifer Schilling really had nothing to do with information about Foxconn. All it was is just an opportunity to get in front of cameras and talk about how bad Foxconn was for the state and how bad Scott Walker was for the state of Wisconsin and what Foxconn, all the negative things about that. This is really, it's all, it's all, it's all theater. It really is all theater. It's kind of like, it's what happened on Capitol Hill today with this healthcare vote. And it was really, Again, this is something that's proposed by Senator Tammy Baldwin. It really was to get uh, the the forty, the uh, fifty Republican senators that uh, it was a split tie, by the way, fifty to fifty. It, it was the fifty Republican senators that uh, that voted against Tammy Baldwin's resolution. The idea was simply to get them on record as, you know, so you could put it in a political ad. They're voting against. Uh, um, protecting uh, pre-existing condition coverage. That's all this was. It had nothing to do with anything that would actually be if, turn into anything effective that would change anything. It's really just about, about saying that uh, Lamar Alexander voted against protecting pre-existing condition coverage. It's all theater. 608-785-7914. More to come. Stick around. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785-7914. Also on Facebook and Twitter, you can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. Uh, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line once again, 608-785-7914. Listener says, if Democrats are going to say that the Republicans voted against pre-existing conditions, can't the Republicans say that the Democrats voted against freedom of choice, as in the Democrats don't want you to have the freedom to choose the amount of coverage you feel you need? Yeah, interesting debate on uh, Capitol Hill. Not a lot of debate, actually. I mean, it was, I don't know, two hours, something like that. I don't, maybe not even that long. I'm not sure how long it was, but um, it, it was it was actually probably less than two hours. And uh, it was on a resolution that Tammy Baldwin brought forward that would, I don't know if it would effectively have had really accomplished anything, but the idea was to uh, kind of, you know, end these uh, short-term, low-cost health insurance plans. I don't, I'm not entirely sure how these things work, but according to Democrats, they work outside the bounds of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, this today wasn't really about that. Today was really about theater. It was really getting votes on the record saying, yes, we're voting, you know, against, uh, preexisting conditions. Meh. I don't know. Um, so whether, whether that eventually, whether that's, that turns into anything, I mean, it would any, all it would be, would be something that is used as political fodder in, in, uh, you know, in, in ads or something. I don't know if there's anything that really comes out of this. But one of the key points that Republicans brought up, and in fact, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson brought this up as well, is exactly what the listener just said. 
is that these plans provide a choice that that basically say, yeah, I don't want that pre-existing condition coverage. I don't want that maternity coverage. I don't want that, you know, whatever other thing that is that is required under the Affordable Care Act. I don't want that. Give me something less. Give me something less than that that I can pay less for. And that is what um, that is what uh, Republicans say is is you know is is choice, like what the listener said. And um, people like Tammy Baldwin say this is what this does is this removes all the protections of the Affordable Care Act, and and you know and basically um, takes the takes the rug out from underneath it to a certain extent. The whole law. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Let's go to Joe. Speaking of healthcare, Joe, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Jerome. Hey, Mitch. Yep. So, I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing as car insurance, isn't it? I mean, you, when you go to get car insurance for you and your wife's vehicle, you're not paying for commercial drivers and all that jazz, are you? You know? So, why shouldn't you be able to pick a plan that doesn't have maternity or doesn't have, you know, things like, why shouldn't there be all plans available? Uh, and yeah. I think it comes yeah. down to covering uh, the insurance company, CYA, covering mm-hmm. their butt. Mm-hmm. Yep. So why, if we're not going to regulate the cost of health care through regulation on individual hospitals, which we're not going to do because it's America, mm-hmm. so the insurance company has no choice but to cover for the most expensive mm-hmm. of the choice, mm-hmm. so then premiums go up. So then why don't we create bigger pools through state uh, shared insurance? You know what I mean? Instead of having two, two plans available per state that cover everything and are ex- uh, supremely expensive, why not create pools across state lines of people who make the choice on what type of health care they want to choose? Mm. Or businesses, you know, if we're going to centralize health care through employers, then why not have the business choose from a multi-state coverage plan with a bigger pool with lower deductibles instead of keep raising the deductibles on the two or 300 employee pool or the 15 or 20 employee pool? You know, we're not going to get anywhere with this unless, A, we regulate hospitals on cost, or B, we create insurance pools across the state lines. Well, I think the key I don't what, know what, what of any other way is, is one of the most. I feel like one of the most important things you you said in there. You mentioned the employee sponsored plans, and our employer sponsored plans. Isn't that one of the things that seems the most arcane in all of these discussions? Is that it's our insurance, our health insurance, is so closely linked to our jobs as if we as if we were still, you know, like back in the day working 30 years at the same company. I mean, isn't that the part that is the that that makes this the most you know, like I said, the most arcane is that's that's the the thing, that's the old-fashioned part right there and the part that probably needs uh that that needs to be addressed the most, isn't it? Well, let's be an insurance company right now, you and okay. I. Okay. All right. So, we have no regulation. This hospital in La Crosse charges a total different charge at Gunderson than what you're going to find in Madison, than yep. what you're going to find in Eau Claire. Right, correct. So if you're an insurance company, you have to plan for the most expensive uh, loss to yourself. So then you spread that out amongst whoever's buying insurance. Mm-hmm. So right now, how employer-based uh, health care is, in the last 
seven years or so, it's gone to how big of a pool of employees can you get to keep that deductible down? Because there's been no regulation on what the cost is per hospital or per loss, as the insurance company calls it. Mm. So how are they going to protect themselves? Well, you're going to raise the premium. Well, how are employers going to buy that premium? They're going to create the biggest pool possible of payees so that they can get the least amount of uh, upfront costs. So if we're not going to regulate anything, which I don't think we should, then you're going to have to go across state lines to create bigger pools to keep the cost down. Mm. There's no other way. Otherwise, you're going to have to fight Democrats on the idea of if Republicans or however the entity goes, that they're going to create cheaper plans that don't cover this or that. Let, let me, let me, they're going to jump on that and say, well, then they don't believe in covering, you know. All right, all right. Well, hold on. Hold on. Let, me, let, me just, let me simplify for just a minute here. Because what am, am I hearing you say that you need to have, if you, you, if you create a bigger pool of, of, of insured, then you can you know, negotiate better costs and your prices, your premiums can go down. Is that what I'm hearing you say? If I'm covering two people for breast cancer, yes, or I'm covering two thousand people paying in a premium and going to cover the percentage of people that are going to get breast cancer, which one's going to be cheaper in your mind? Right, the right. two or 2, the two thousand. Right. So the bigger pools are not only they decrease the number of incidents of a particular pre-existing condition, but it it also there's that other part. You do have more negotiating power if you're in bigger numbers, right? Because you're paying, you're essentially paying more. I don't think that's the way they look at it. Mm, I think okay. the way that they look at it is it's minimizing loss, right? Uh, or it's increasing paying in. Mm. So what they're looking at is the pool itself. It doesn't matter mm. where the pool is, but right now it's limited to state line. Okay. So let's yeah. get some. Let's get well, and that and that is the part. Plan. That's the other part. All right. All right. Plan. So this is what. So this is the other part. So we got. So my and I would submit to you, and Joe. Look, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Thanks for some uh, thoughtful uh, uh, views on that. But a, a couple of different things that I would take that I would address. And one of the things is what Joe was talking about right there is that pooling across state lines. There's not a great, not a great reason, other than states have authority to regulate insurance within their boundaries. That is the only reason to continue to have insurance stop at state lines. That and the fact that most of us still, the vast majority of us, if we have health insurance, are getting it through employers, which doesn't make any sense. Because then you are, the size of your employer can dictate the amount that you spend because of the ability to negotiate in terms of, you know, like, number of people. So address those types of things. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're still, we're talking about, you know, the, that are the, uh, again, we're always, we're always going back to the same, same issues that we're addressing over and over again, medical costs, uh, what drives the medical costs, uh, how, how, how is that paid for? Uh, what things are covered? You know, all the, all the very, the basic, simple things about healthcare, we're still, we're still addressing, still haven't found a solution for. At the end of the day, one of the biggest hurdles that we, that we will have to overcome when it comes to healthcare, paying for healthcare, um, and and uh, we don't we don't have, I guess we don't have to ensure that everybody is able to afford healthcare. But if that if that was a goal, one of the biggest hurdles that we're going to have to overcome is that you can't get enough. There is not a ceiling beyond which you're willing to uh, 
uh, not that you're not willing to pay for more in terms of health, not health care, not insurance. Obviously, at some point you're like, eh, I don't think so. It's a little bit different from car insurance. 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZ. Mary's next. Mary, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, one thing that I think has been truly neglected uh, for insurance is I've often thought that your dental care is one of the biggest parts of your health. <laughs> I've never understood Agreed. why it just isn't in health insurance. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. And I think an awful lot of people would be better off if it was. I, I know, for example, tons of people that would come into the hospital where I worked on the heart unit had to be taken over to oral surgery and have teeth yes. extracted yep. and what have you yep. before they would even touch them for surgery because it's such a big source for infection. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's something that also should be looked at, and it's never brought up. Rarely. And, um, it is it is on occasion, I, Mary, but but rarely. I would agree with that. It, it is some, some people have talked about it. There is a movement, actually, it's at, which is... Has started in Wisconsin, as a matter of fact. Uh, of of uh, some dentists have kind of gotten together and are trying to push in that direction. But yeah, I mean, it, it rarely gets brought up, and certainly not on the national level. Not in Washington, it doesn't. Well, and it's one of the biggest parts of health that yeah, agreed. gets neglected. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's yeah. it is it is definitely. I mean, you can't. It's difficult to think about health without thinking about the health of, of the thing where all the food and medicine pass, and that's your mouth, you know? <laughs> I, I, I don't think an awful lot of people really understand it until they I, have a problem. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree, yeah. Mary. Yeah, no no question, no argument here. I mean, I think that that's, and I thanks for the call, Mary. No, so no question about it. I think you got to get, you have to have addressed that. The employer-based health insurance, you know, like, let's update that. And then why is it, why are we... Why are we stuck behind state lines? Why are we stuck in the same model that we've been using forever? I mean, the Affordable Care Act just basically tweaked the same model. Yes, right. Usually dental plans don't have deductibles, though, right? I mean, you, you pay like 80-20 or 60-40, you know, after your two cleanings a year that are usually free. Yeah. I because now if you roll your dental plan into your health insurance plan and, and you have these low-ball health insurance plans with $5,000 deductibles, now you're, oh, okay, I just can't get my cavities filled because yeah i see what you're saying it, it does no, it, paying it, full price. it does certainly it adds to the list of things to address though like deductibles like a healthy person that has to go to the dentist because they don't you know because they end up getting cavities mm-hmm. is going to not want those together well again that's the other thing that we're that you know we go back to the deduct deductibles and why are the deductibles suddenly so much higher is because the premiums have it's in order to keep premium down so you keep the premiums down the deductibles go up the unfortunate thing is that very thing happens people aren't going to go to whether it be in this case we talk about the dentist if you were rolling the things into one but just basic how how reticent are you to go to the doctor because oh i still haven't met my deductible so this comes right out of my pocket i mean that that's a real thing people avoid going to the doctor because they can't afford their deductible and they're just then just just not going to go well, it does it right now right like it's mid october and i'm like well if i hold out till january 1st i can wrap all these things that are wrong with me into one <laughs> And the thing about like crossing state lines <laughs> it does take some planning. Yeah, put more people in, in a big pool. How about we make the the pool the United States, and we put everybody into that pool? communist, <laughs> communist, social, this communist, 
Socialist. That's wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds.